0: BAM Radio Network.
1: What I love the most about all of this, Glenn, is you did this with zero dollars.
2: Welcome to Movers and Makers, a show where we explore the maker movement. I'm your host, Laura Fleming.
1: And I'm Travis Lake. Are you ready to bring Worlds of Making to your school?
2: Hi, Glenn. As you know, I am a super fan, so we are extra excited to have you on our show today. On a daily basis, as I think you know, or I hope you know, I take inspiration from you and all the work that you do, so I know that everyone listening to this show today will feel exactly the same way. I'm
0: humbled by that. Thank
2: you. Well, I wanted to have you on today to really talk about maker education, and in regards to setting up a physical maker space, one of the most innovative things I've seen was your maker space that you set up right in your school's hallway. And I know that space has since transformed, which we'll definitely talk about, but I would love it if you could describe for our listeners why you chose the hallway to set up such a space.
0: Okay, I think the maker movement is such a big thing for the last couple of years, and it's really exploding right now. And one of the limitations that I saw was it's usually categorized to a classroom and or... A library slash media space and my first thought was why should only a select group of kids have that opportunity so by putting it in the hallway it allowed all students and staff to partake in it and it was something that I saw that it was also you know a passing time or after school or before school something productive in the hallway instead of just passing time or hanging out your lockers or banging on walls or whatever it may be uh, you could have learning anywhere at any time and that was just an exciting thing I thought that could come to place. And once we threw it out there, it, it did not stop.
1: Glenn, maybe go a little further on that then and share what really sparked students' creativity in the hallway. When did they do things? What did it look like and sound like if, if you came into your building and saw that?
0: It sounded like the example I used was like a flock of seagulls attacking something. It was just... Love that. The first time we put something out there, it was a stripped apart uh, PC tower. Uh, with a monitor, and then we left it out there saying, hey, first one, that can complete the challenge. Uh, let me know, and then you'll get some kind of reward or prize. And from there, we branched over to, uh, we stripped apart a laptop, and literally piece by piece, put it on the table. All the kids had was uh, a screwdriver on the table, because that's all it was needed. And within the next day, just like the other project, we had kids that had finished it. And it was sort of like Google hunting for the fact that these kids were beyond <laughs> proud. They turned it on, you know, and uh, they were able to do something productive. And the great thing about it was it continued to spark interest of others. So once they did it, we quickly disassembled it again and then and, uh, let the challenge again for somebody else to have a try. And it sparked. You know, it went from there. It went to, you know, we threw a server out in the hallway and had to, had to boot that up. And then when we... You know, the conversation continue with the kids, like, this is great. Hey, can we do a software challenge next time? Or, you know, can we have a girls' table? Can we have a boys' table? And it was, it was just really interesting to see them outside of the four walls of the classroom and really doing something productive and learning while they didn't really realize it. You know, to them it was fun. It was hands-on. But at the same time, you know, they had friends cheering for them, teachers rooting for them, especially for the girls. You know, it was just simply fantastic to see, but their energy level by saying, hey, can we do this, can we do this next, was a constant motivation for myself, the other teachers, and our IT director to keep finding different parts and pieces around the building to throw out there for them. And from the hardware, we went to software, and we had the kids designing video games in the hallways, and then they were, you know, challenging their friends or teachers. So it just continued to evolve and evolve to bigger and better things than what we're doing this year.
1: What I love the most about all of this, Glenn, is you did this with zero dollars. I mean, you took things that you already had and said, let's see what they can do with this. And you started small, and then, it yeah, it's transpired into truly what your school has embraced, which is a maker culture, not, not only in the classrooms, but really from the time you step into your school. That's correct.
2: Wow. So, Glenn, we saw that initial hallway maker space transform into something absolutely amazing, something you call Idea Street. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about Idea Street?
0: Okay. Idea Street is based off the premises. When you cross your threshold up to your building, what is the experience you're trying to create? Does it invite innovation? Does it invite autonomy? Or does it invite typical traditional school setting, uh, battleship, blue walls, and boring? So, with Idea Street, what we did was we're close to the ocean, southern New Jersey, right outside of Lang City, and we're in the school's and we are the gateway to the shore. So we ended up putting up two surfboard bars. We uh, used plywood, surf you know, designed it out from a surfboard, cut them ourselves, waxed them down, uh, polished them down, and so forth. And we have two eight by 8 surfboard bars uh, for kids to stand at and work at. And that's eventually going to become our genius bar for the tech team to work at the school. We also removed all the bulletin boards from the hallway. And we modeled it off of the uh, Stanford D School, which is simply amazing to just read about and try to even try to model. Uh, But it's that learning anywhere at any time uh, doesn't always have to take place in the four walls of a classroom. So with the bulletin boards all being removed, my teachers were super excited because they didn't have to do bulletin boards anymore. But at the same token, it allowed kids to have that freedom and autonomy to write down what they're thinking. Give you an example. We had in one hallway, if you knew you couldn't fail, what would you do? And this is between 6 and 7th grade, and kids are writing down, I'd solve cancer i played play the lottery. I, you know, another kid put, I would solve, I would fix ALS. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, this is between 6th and 7th grade. This is not Johnny putting his name on there for the wrong reasons or writing something wrong. And the beauty of that was when they turned around, they also have windows out looking outside as well as our media center. So, once again, we allow them to write on the windows. And further down the hall, we have a uh, old trophy case that has now been revamped. And we have Terrapin Turtles. That we just received the other day, so we're finalizing fixing that up. I had seen sixth graders paint the habitat area to make it look like it's a area for the turtles. And then uh, we have about a total of 10 hokey chairs spread out throughout the idea street. And the hokey stools are great, they're very small. And the kids love moving them around as well as the staff. And then we also have another strategic area. We have uh, five stationary bikes that are overlooking the outside. So during the day, we have staff and kids come out there, read their books or iPads, and they're riding bicycles. So they're generating, obviously, they're doing physical activity. At the same time, they're doing the mental activity of reading or just talking or just taking a brain break for a couple of minutes. We added seven tall stool-like tables, or bar-like tables. Uh, we have seven of those, two chairs per and it, it kind of gives it more of an open campus feel to middle school mind you. Remember, this is bridge five to eight where kids, you can walk around and kids are out there. Since we're a, uh, a wireless BYOD school, you know, kids are out there collaborating on Google Docs and doing projects and they're feeling respected and loved. So that's throughout our hallways as well, our idea street. And then we have a um, 80 by 80 Lego board near the fifth grade area. And that has been absolutely amazing because right there you have classes that are coming out and doing mathematics projects on there. I have one social studies teacher come out there and did a geography lesson and did the height of the Rocky Mountain versus the Appalachian. That being said, you know, there's TVs on every corner hooked onto Chromecast and so forth. So the innovation, the autonomy, that freedom and that trust to do something different in in our idea street has really taken on to a whole nother level that I did not honestly quite expect.
1: Right. With this idea of bringing it into your school, Glenn, how did this culture just transform what your teachers are doing in the classrooms now? Because you started with this idea in this hallway and really transformed this idea and showed teachers the power of of trusting students and giving them really the avenue to to say what they want how did this then transpire into the classrooms and your faculty really get on board to say yeah let's let's really look at this and bring this into what we're doing every day with kids
0: okay i think it was really great for the fact that the staff also embraced it they saw an opportunity they saw the fact that i'm not penalizing them in any way for trying to take a risk and another factor that we did was, besides changing the terminology, the vocabulary from hallway to idea street, we also changed the terminology from classrooms to studios. So it was changing that mindset. And that this way, the learning like I said, could take place anywhere at any time. And the teachers simply embraced it. Like I said, it, it kind of surprised me. I wasn't fully expecting to see this being completely embraced right away. But the climate has gone through an amazing transformation, and people are happy. They're very excited to come to work. The kids, like I said, when they cross that threshold, they're excited. To give you an example, we have one group right now during our egg camp period that's going around putting up quotes for the day and whose birthday it is and so forth. And the staff allow them to go out there. They see what these kids can do if they're given that trust and respect, and they're letting them run, which is simply unreal.
2: Being an administrator, so many people, as you know, are so hung up on data and assessment and the formalities of what it means to get an education today. How do you see innovation and making and all of this fitting
0: into all of that? Well, I see it as a bunch of cross-curricular tied into one uh, with the maker. And it goes back to what Tony Wagner had said, was the play, the passion, and the purpose. You know, with the maker movement, These students are doing so much cross-curricular activities all tied into one, and they may not be realizing that. And that's a huge step for some people to jump into because it's not a traditional thing. It's something different, and that scares a lot of people. But when you see these kids doing design thinking in like a maker shop, in our digital shop that we have, and they're doing design thinking, and they're doing mathematics where they're trying to figure out the size of their project's going to be, and then they're typing it up on Google Docs, and then they have to present it. And then they got to put it into the digital form as well. You know, you just cross so many different standards that it's simply amazing that you empower these kids to show you something, and they can do it. And, you know, for me, to any administrator, is give it a chance. Give the kids a voice. Let them have an opportunity to surprise you, and it will completely transform your entire perspective on education. Glenn,
1: thanks so much for joining Laura and I today on the Makers and Movers show. It's it's just awesome what your school is embraced with this maker culture. We're going to have to have you back again for our listeners so that we can really dive deeper into some things that you are doing in your school, not only with students but with your teachers and empowering them to take risks and really embrace this maker culture. Thanks so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you for listening to Movers and Makers. I'm Laura Fleming
1: and I'm Travis Lake.
2: Keep moving and making and always hold kids at the core of what you do. This program is produced by Accretive Media for the BAM Radio Network. Thanks for listening.